Welcome back to Trends in Low Places, a comedic exploration of the dumbest stories of the day. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Cushing. And I am the hide to his Jekyll, Michael Howard. Michael, I do not have neither the book learnings nor the technical hand skill to be a doctor. I'm just going to tell you that much right now. <laughs> yeah, but if one of us was going to be a doctor, it'd probably be you. But I don't think you're particularly evil. Just maybe a little misanthropic. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit. Yeah. Well, how, how you doing, bud? Uh, Doing pretty well. Um, I'd say we're recording this one a bit early this week because I'm leaving for Greece tomorrow afternoon, which will be like last week by the time we, by the time this gets dropped but uh uh you know i'm i'm looking forward to a little time away but uh yeah what uh what sends you uh over overseas what are you what are you, what are you guys doing just for funsies you know uh rachel graduated with her Congrats. masters yeah and um i got a new job coming up hell yeah it's summer why not why not go over to greece see my heritage yeah. And and uh, that dollar spends a little stro- more strongly over there than uh, than here. That is true. It will be a little bit different than it was a couple years ago when we were in Europe. Well, Michael, can I tell you something that I saw today that really shook me to my core? And kind of, we talked a little bit the other day, I don't know, recently, about maybe the world being a simulation and, you know, occasionally catching gl- like glitches. In the Matrix, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I was walking back from lunch uh, to my office today, and uh, it was down a little quiet street, and there was like a little brick planter. And sitting on top of the planter uh, was a tin for <laughs> fish steaks in Carolina hot sauce, just open <laughs> and like peeled open. And sitting in that tin was a upside down dead cockroach. And I don't know what it meant, but it upset me so badly. I don't know if someone put the cockroach into the hot sauce vinegar or if he tried to go in there and devour that good sauce and died. I'm going to need you to back up just a second. Fish sticks. Because I don't know what a tin of fish sticks in Carolina hot sauce is. Are we talking so like, I had, like a anchovies I had, type tin? Or? I had never seen it. Yes, very much so. I had never seen this. It, and that was part of what upset me first. It's what actually stopped me. Uh, <laughs> let me let me send this to you. Um, so it's bite-sized herring steak, steak, not sticks, uh, in Louisiana hot sauce. Uh, Walmart sells them for $1.14 per tin. Um, I mean, I, I like... I like Louisiana hot sauce. It's great. But it's my favorite. I don't know about all this situation. Yeah. Be- and again, beach I, cliff. I, yeah, beach cliff fish steaks, uh, bite-sized herring. Um, I have no point of reference for the actual fish because, again, I did just very much see a dead cockroach. And a, <laughs> like, a, a large one at that. Um, I don't. I think someone tried to change something in the core programming of this reality and broke itself very badly. Mm. Yeah, that, that. Well, first of all, this this shouldn't exist. Um, so no. this is definitely something that that some weirdo programmed into this reality, right? Um, and then cockroaches do they do they have like a, a thing where they like can't eat hot stuff, or or you think they're fine? <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't actually know. All I know is that if you put uh, diatomaceous earth down, 
under your cabinets when you have cockroaches, it will slice those bad boys up real bad. Hmm. So, you know, that's a little tilt uh, home <laughs> pro tip for you. Got got roaches. Put some diatomaceous earth down. Take I, care I don't of your know business. What, I don't know what that is either. It's basically very finely crushed like seashells. Uh, okay. And stuff like that. But it uh, it's razor sharp on a microscopic level. So it cuts through the uh, carapace of the cockroach and basically dehydrates them. That hey, is, this is a weird. That sounds this is a weird morbid. Episode. <laughs> that sounds yes, really pre- morbid. Uh, do cockroaches deserve any better? Uh, no. No, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Well, this is a bad episode start. <laughs> well, I, I do have to say, um, so we had a a small correction we had to make last time about mm-hmm. our, our ability to, or maybe it was the time before, I don't remember, but about our ability to to name things that are in the animal kingdom and bugs oh, yeah. that are. Oops. Did we fuck up again? Well, I just have to make a small correction because I said that I would definitely live in a house that was haunted with t- and be a nanny to those children in the UK right. faux show and that is 100% faux not show because I saw The Conjuring 2 <laughs> last night which is set in the UK and involves some children who are very much haunted and I don't want any piece of that I don't care how much money you pay me I am nope so I, I'm going to issue a retraction on that on that statement last time okay so first retraction of the show, not yeah. necessarily a correction, no. just, okay. Just a straight I'm, up retraction, um, taking back the rubber stamp. Um, oh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm still in because <laughs> I, I don't care how possessed or haunted a child is. Like, I can still punch them very hard and like knock out their frail, fragile child body. Like, there might the demon or ghost within might be willing, but the flesh is weak and like <laughs> and spongy, and I can hit that flesh very hard. I guess that's true. Part of the problem was that like the people. Listen, who were Michael, I to... will punch a kid. I will punch a kid. Right, and that's what I'm that's saying. T- like the people that's a there were goddamn guarantee. They were very interested in saving the girl, and I guess like no. I guess if I'm dealing with this situation, I'm just the nanny. Like I'm sorry, demon child. Like I have to punch you in the face now. Yeah, I would very much in my contract to be the nanny. Um, I would say primary role is to protect the family, not the kids. So if your little five-year-old, you know, shit mouth comes at me, like literally drooling shit because he's possessed by a poltergeist, Mm -hmm. I will punch him in the head very hard. Yeah. Sorry. I'm protecting the family. That's my number one job. And that's why you pay me. I come into your house to protect you from You're going to make the tough choices. Yeah, because the parents are compromised. They're not going to hit their own kid in no. the head very hard. Maybe on the butt if they're being bad. I don't know. Depends on the family. Are they into corporal punishment? Maybe not. <laughs> I'll hit them very hard. <laughs> just like no, just not even open hand. Just like closed fist. No nope, fist. Straight in the face. Yeah. I'll, I'll bust that ghost right out of your head. <laughs> Certainly gives a different meaning to ghost, ghost busting, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. I don't need no proton pack. Yeah, you're like, um, what are you doing? The kid was just—he was just hopped up on sugar. It, w- it was not a demon. And they're like, I'm sorry, I can't take yeah. any chances. Yeah, little Johnny had sorry. to be put down. Yeah, I don't know. His sister was here. She—he <laughs> seemed like a threat. I put him down. Sorry, <laughs> nap time came early. I did an ocular pat down, and he seemed dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Michael, what do you got for me? I got a cu- I got one story I really want to get to in a bit, but uh, you got it looks like we got a full episode lineup here. 
Yeah, you know, I had a couple things that I came across. And uh, so I was at lunch today with uh, with a couple people from work, from my previous work. I met them out for lunch just to, uh, you know, say farewell. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were talking about how, like, they park on the street sometimes down by their parents' house. And there's been, like, a rash of, of cars being stolen. Hmm. And then she said that her dad was putting his car keys in the refrigerator to keep his car from being stolen. And I said, and she's like, and since so like, she's like, yeah, I, since I, I started putting my car, my car keys in the refrigerator with my, with my dad and my mom's car, we haven't had any problems or people breaking into our cars. And I didn't want to be mean. Um, so I was like, Oh, okay. But I'll save my head. I'll save it for the show. I'll uh, be mean on the show. Right. In the back of my head, I'm thinking, this shit's crazy. This has got to be like one of those old wives tales that like people make up. But I looked it up and it's a it's like a real thing. But OK, but OK. So the problem <laughs> is people are breaking into the car, right? Well, apparently. So all of these new newer cars that have these technologies were like when you walk up to it. And it senses your keys. It automatically oh, unlocks the, keys are the doors. Close enough, you can t- okay. So what they're doing is they have a, a team of two. And if you're parked directly outside your house, if one guy stands like close to your house, he can get the signal from your key because it's it's an active signal. And then right. he can relay the signal to the guy standing by the car. And then he can use that signal to open your doors or start your car or whatever. Right. And so if you put it in the fridge or the microwave, something that has like metal around it, then it stops that signal from being uh, able to be picked up. Okay. I found multiple news stories about this. I was like, no, this this one, this is insane. The Daily Mail is trying to make me uh, go crazy. Uh, but then it was on, a, on another website I saw uh, where they actually had like a video of people doing this. Right. Uh, well, so this to me seems more plausible than like the people like stealing credit cards with like RFID chips, like just like walking next to you, right. like because as, as far as I understand, magnetism not totally accurate there, but like <laughs> okay, so the uh, the thought originally I thought they were just like people were breaking into their cars like physically with like a crowbar, <laughs> uh, but oh no, uh, my keys were in my fridge, so I'm fine, uh, <laughs> like. I thought it was some mystical force of the fridge uh, stopping them from getting to the car. Now this right. makes sense. But this is probably the first time in my life that somebody has told me like, oh, yeah, my dad does this really weird thing to keep yeah, and it, him safe or keep somebody from stealing something. And it wasn't like a complete batshit insane theory. Yeah, like my father, for instance, invests in Iraqi dinar because uh, someone told him that once the U.S. invasion is complete, they're going to skyrocket in value. That's what my dad does. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe once it's complete in the year yeah, a- twenty one seventy four, any day now. Yep. Hey, when all the world so, yeah. goes to shit. Uh, the Iraqi dinar is going to be the only currency that we use. Yeah, my dad will be s- left laughing, last man standing on the top of burning cinder, just throwing the Iraqi dinar around. <laughs> I'm rich. Uh, so yeah, that was just a, a little small thing that I, I came across today. That I, I just it blew my mind. It honestly blew yeah. my mind. Well, I feel like now we just need to create like 
just like a RFID blocking or like just like metal cup. You could just drop your keys in at the front door. That's like will block right? your shit. I mean, that seems better than let me walk to the kitchen. <laughs> well, she said they have a bowl in the refrigerator for everyone's keys. <laughs> Why not just get a better bowl for outside? <laughs> this also reminds me, like, so uh, my company, you know, we, we used to do marketing work for a local home security company. And like a lot of the content we would put out is like, because, you know, a lot of people put their credit cards in ice and then like wrap the ice block in tinfoil to make so it look now? like. So people will freeze their credit cards so they don't use them, but they want them oh, in an emergency. Yes. But yes. sometimes then like, so it's not totally obvious, like a block of ice with, mm-hmm. you know, a Visa card in it. They'll <laughs> wrap it in tinfoil so it looks like just another like food parcel. But like every thief knows that now. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, I'm going to go check your freezer. I'm going to steal. Uh, I'm going to steal every block of ice I find. Sometimes, you know, it's some leftovers from Arigatos and sometimes yes. it's a credit card. Yeah, there are like five or six places that everyone hides their shit. Every thief knows them. So first of all, if you do, if you hide your anything in a place that you think is really clever, just move it to like a safe bolted <laughs> to your floor right now. Um, but yeah, so it just it just seems like a, like the next wave of like, all right, I'm gonna go walk in, like steal those keys. Uh, but yeah, it's go. like don't don't hang them by the front door because then somebody just has to pop in your front door and you you might not even notice. But now well, they have to go all the way to the fridge yeah. and maybe grab a tasty tasty snack while they're there so you you made a yeah so you you made an interesting point about people uh stopping themselves from from buying shit right by freezing their credit cards yeah so there's a new app that apparently tries to stop you from spending money when you're drunk good luck fuckface. <laughs> so it comes with a little breathalyzer and you set it uh it's called drink pay and you set it sure. for how many, like, how, what blood alcohol level you want it to, like, cut you off at and, like, what types of things you don't want it to let you buy. So, like, it won't, you can, you know, it's not going to just cut your credit cards off so you can't buy food or anything. But, like. Right. And before you can pay for anything on your phone, do some Amazon shopping or, uh, you know, maybe maybe buy some stuff from Newegg, you have to blow into the breathalyzer. And if uh, if you blow too high, it says, nope, for 12 hours, you can't make any purchases. Sorry. Wow. Would this help you? Would you, like? Do you need this product? Uh, personally, sometimes. Because <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I buy when I'm drunk is mostly Taco Bell. Uh, and also more alcohol. Um, mm, yeah, but, that's uh, the that's the problem, right? I've never really done like commercial shopping when I when I'm drunk. I will say there was one time. I think I was like 20 years old. Uh, no, sorry, I was twenty-one. Definitely twenty-one. Definitely, of definitely legal drinking twenty-one aid. is what you meant and to say. I woke up in the morning, um, and I looked at my computer, and I had bought three hundred dollars worth of Intel stock. <laughs> well, that's just a that's just a sound financial investment. Yeah, I didn't really have that cash <laughs> necessarily, but I didn't regret it. I made an, a tidy sum on it when I sold it, so. You know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe if I it, so in you know in college we actually had to like call pizza places to have right. them bring us pizzas, but like now you can just use the app. To, you can just type that right into your World of Warcraft console. <laughs> exactly. You're good. And so like maybe now I could see like, hey, don't let me order from Domino's for the love of God. Yeah. Just no. 
No, thank you. Yeah, like I don't need any any more. I don't need any more dominoes. But do you remember when we used to watch the infomercials at like 4 a.m. after coming home from the bar and then try to buy everything? Yes. Yes, I do remember that. One time we called Rachel and she was out and she was like, do you want anything? And we were like, yes, we need the shark knife sharpener. Please buy us a a shark knife sharpener. It's it's three easy payments of (laughs) $9.99. It's such a good value. (laughs) <laughs> it's so affordable. Yeah. So I maybe could use that. Okay. Um, just to rewind, I'm going to drop a shower thought in here because we were talking about like being broken into. This is a shower thought that I don't, I have no like response to it because it makes very little sense. This is from Sour okay. Jeff at Sour Jeff YouTube. Uh, take a second to think about how vulnerable we all are sleeping at night. Glass is not very sturdy. Exclamation point. Shower thoughts. What does the sturdiness of glass have to do with (laughs) your vulnerability (laughs) while sleeping? Okay, so my first thought was like, is it like one of those things where he has a glass roof or like a skylight? Or or maybe like, oh, the the lights hanging from a fan. When I was younger, I used to be terrified that in the middle of the night, my fan was going to fall down and chop off my legs. Yeah, that's fair. so, like, maybe he's thinking, like, the glass light bulbs? No, I don't think so. I, I have to guess he he means, like, the windows. People can just break in and get you. But, like, glass is always that. Not <laughs> it's not just sturdy. while you're sleeping. <laughs> yeah. No, when you're it's sleeping, like, the physical properties of glass actually change in your house. I'm surrounded by glass literally all the time. His, 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 his next tweet was, it's fairly easy to annoy somebody else, but it's really hard to annoy yourself. Hashtag shower thoughts. That's not true at all. I literally annoy myself nonstop. <laughs> I'm in a constant state of personal annoyance. Yeah. About like, myself. Why, why the fuck did you do that? You're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other day I was just like super clumsy. I like knocked over a glass of water. I like dropped something. And I was like, this is I'm annoying the shit out of myself right now. Yeah. I can't even imagine all the people I'm with. Yeah, pretty annoying. I'm annoyed just hearing it. Ugh, Michael. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I mean, like, you're vulnerable all of the time if yeah. glass is not sturdy, right? Yeah. Like, glass is everywhere. Like, you're in your car. Glass is not very sturdy. I'm I've drinking actually- I'm, I'm drinking a gin and tonic right now. Glass <laughs> isn't sturdy. What's going to happen? <laughs> I have a metal straw coming out of that thing. I've actually ha- had this thing before where people will be like, oh, you know... The you, you didn't or so we don't deadbolt the door when we leave. We just use like the normal lock, right? Like it just locks when we leave, like the handle. Yeah. And like we deadbolt it at night because Rachel's like freaked out about not deadbolting it at night. And I'm like, we don't deadbolt it when we when we leave for the day. Like, why do we? Why are you so worried about deadbolting at night? And she's like, well, because like we're sleeping and like we wouldn't know if somebody came. And I was like, our house is literally has like twelve windows. Like, if yeah. they really want to get in that bad, they'll just go through the glass and not go through two, one outside door and one inside door to get to us. Also, she's met your dog, <laughs> right? I I am terrified to think of what Staley would do if someone entered your house through either a window or a door uninvited. 
Uh, uh, it'd be it'd be like that pig last week. <laughs> but fingers and and uh, privates would be coming off. That is in true. whatever order Staley felt best suited that him him that day. Yeah, like Staley likes to get up in the window and, and bark sometimes. And like if he does it for a while, I'll yell at him. But like the first couple, I'm like, yeah, I like that he goes up there every once in a while and just lets the neighborhood know that there's there's yeah. some shit they're gonna get into if they try to come in this house. Yeah, it's a warning shot. Right. It's like me, like, light, if I'm a babysitter, lightly punching a kid, like, <laughs> on the shoulder. Just telling a ghost that I'm not afraid to hit this kid <laughs> if I have to. <laughs> Just fair warning, ghost. Fair warning, ghost. If I'm going to punch him in the shoulder just for funsies, I will straight up wreck your shit if yeah. you try to come up in this kid. It's also me just testing the water. Like, did you react with superhuman strength? Nope. Okay. Still a kid. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, kid. Yeah. Hey, kid. Can you lift this table real quick? I just yeah. want to see what I'm dealing with here. Yeah. What's your strength ratio right now? Yeah. Um. I will say I I am pretty bad about locking my door. Like, you know, when I take Sora for walks, I'm in an apartment complex, like surrounded by art students. So I don't really do anything. But like uh, last couple of months, like my girlfriend, whenever she's over, insists on having the door locked and deadbolted. Uh, like which the entire time? The whole thing, yeah. If if we are in the in the domicile, everything. I was mm-hmm. like, but why? <laughs> I have a very large dog who is will not hesitate to do some things. Also, I'm I'm not bad in size. <laughs> it's like it's gonna be all right. Yeah, yeah. Also, I have a pretty elaborate like dream fight sequence mapped out, so kind of itching for you, that to happen. You are in Atlanta, which I I sent you the link, but. Your city's totally murderier than mine. So murderier or gunnier? Murderier. I don't know. Yeah. It didn't specifically break out guns versus like I don't know rappers running you over with their cars or something. Mm. But actually, in our town, it's more likely to be the mayor who apparently <laughs> drives through the streets at like 130 miles an hour with a police escort because uh, he feels like it. I-, I wonder if it's the same mayor that it was. Uh, like 15 years ago when, when me and Moody were trying to get onto the interstate and there was just randomly roads closed and we stopped at a gas station and there was a policeman there and we said, hey, why are all these roads closed? And he goes, you know your mayor, ha ha. And we said, no, we we don't know. We don't know our mayor. What are you talking about? Like the mayor just randomly yeah. closes roads? This is my road now. You can't You can't <laughs> drive on it. You can't sit with us. So Michael, what do you I got have, for me, Kush. So I have I have two things. I think I'm going to start with. Um, did you know that it's the 30th anniversary of uh, the Predator, the oh. movie The Predator? Yeah. Uh, so as part of that, uh, the Hollywood Reporter, as they've kind of gotten the habit of doing with some of these old movies that have uh, like you know big year anniversaries, they've started mm-hmm. doing oral histories of the production of them, and. Oh. Did you know? I know how much you and many of our listeners love a good oral history. Did you know that um, originally cast as the Predator was Mr. Jean-Claude Van Damme? What? Yes. Like he was going to, was he going to wear like a Predator suit or were they just going to like put dreads on him or what? So he was fired as the Predator a, a a good portion of the way through filming. But- so there are three stories about why he was fired. Um, so too many to wear, sweet moves. Too many. 
Partially. That's the one I'm going to get to. Um, so he had to wear like a felt suit and they were filming in the fucking jungle. So it was hot as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently they didn't when they started filming the movie, um, they didn't really have a good idea of what they wanted the alien to be. So they were going to he was going to wear a suit and then they were going to like CGI or 80 CGI the, the oh, monster. Oh, God, the that would have been awful. Right. Exactly. Um, so. There's a couple, there's three different narratives for why um, Mr. Jean-Claude Van Damme was not the predator. Um, So one is that uh, Fox hated the original creature after, you know, filming started and Van Damme was just collateral damage from like, no, you got to redo it. Get him out of here. He's, he's, it's bad. The second one was that since it was so hot and they had to superimpose special effects on the bodysuit in post-production, he had to wear a suit and uh, it was 90 to 100 degrees you know, Fahrenheit outside. So he passed out twice during filming from dehydration and Joel Silver, the director, came over and said, Jean, I know it's hot, but we're losing time. If you pass out <laughs> one more time, we gotta fire you. To which uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme responds, I'm not doing it on purpose. Uh, he says, well, this is production. Don't take it on, Don't take it personally. Two weeks went by, and he's flying on wires in the trees. Everything happens, and he passes out. So Joel Silver comes over and just says, you're fired. (laughs) So that's... So those are the first two narratives. Okay, okay. What do you... How do you feel about those two before I dive right into the the best one? I'm gonna... I mean, I feel like the first one is more plausible, but the second one is way better. I love the idea of Jean-Claude Van Damme flying through trees on wires, just like doing like splits and shit, just completely passed out. Like he doesn't know what yeah. he's doing. He has no control over his body. Yeah. Just a sweaty, splitty mess. It's like, oh, hey, the the predator is laying limp in a tree again. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so this one is the best one. This version is from um, Mr. Joel Hynek who was the visual effects supervisor on the production. Uh, this is from Hynek, quote, I was in Joel Silver's trailer, and he had called for Jean-Claude to come see him. And he comes in the trailer, and Joel starts saying, you gotta stop kickboxing. Because Jean-Claude wanted to kickbox, and he was telling him, look, the Predator is not a kickboxer. And Jean-Claude was like, in Van Damme voice, I must do that. That's how I see the Predator. And Joel said, well, you're fired. Get out of here. And Van Damme says, Kiss my balls and walks out, and that was the end of that. <laughs> okay, that one, that one is definitely how it went down. That is, <laughs> I just imagine he's like, it. he's like in between two trees, and he does that that weird split thing on the <laughs> counter, uh, just like three like feet off the ground, like, <laughs> and they're just like, stop doing that. He's supposed to be like a scary big hulking predator. You're not the predator doesn't do splits, and they're like, he's like, no. This is how the predator is. He's, it's he's, like this is how I see the predator. It's like okay, so a a the perfect hunter who can go invisible and has like rocket launchers and like laser sights built into him. You see him kickboxing through trees. Yeah, he does. <laughs> like just an invisible dude, just like doing splits and oh, this is so definitely feel like what the happened. predator was a ninja. Yeah, but like a French ninja, as which as we've discussed, yes. possible. Like, but that's I a completely it. different movie, but, like, I feel like if that was the movie, you would need to recast Arnold Schwarzenegger, because 
the the thing yeah. that makes Predator great is is Arnold versus the Predator. It's like power on power. I feel like you would need to have like I don't know, like Wesley Snipes as the opposite of a kickboxing Jean Claude Van Damme. A a more nimble, yeah, more nimble uh, provocateur for sure. Um, <laughs> I will say my favorite part of this. And again, I think it's what makes it the most plausible beyond like Jean-Claude Van Damme demanding to be able to kickbox people <laughs> is the uh, the sign off, which is if I ever get fired in f- in future, I will tell people to kiss my balls <laughs> instead of kiss my ass <laughs> because it implies a, like an additional level of effort on the kiss ease part that yeah. they have to like really root around in there and like get to the balls. Uh, it's a smaller target. Not for Jean Claude because he's always doing those splits. Yeah, they are just hanging right on down there. Huh? Yeah, they're just they're just ready for you. Yeah. By the way, I was I was very prepared to like try to do a Jean Claude Van Damme voice mm. when I read his quotes. I watched like four videos. I can't do it. No, it's I don't even think like his his voice changes in every interview I hear. He's not. It does not have like a particular Van Damme. <laughs> it's very odd. He um. So wait, so this was 30 years ago, so it was 1987. So was that like before Van Damme was like Van Damme? Was this still like early in his career or what 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 movies had he I done th- before that? I think he was definitely Van Damme. I think he had at least done um Bloodsport. Let's check. Ooh, no. Bloodsport says 88. Oh, okay. Let's see what had he done. Also, I mean, because I'm thinking like you don't he hadn't even hire. Done, he haven't even done Kickboxer at that point. You you like you don't hire Van Dam like Bloodsport Van Dam or Kickboxer Van Dam unless you expect him to kickbox. So, but like there? this seems like it might have been before. You know what? Actually, he did Monaco so, Forever, where he was gay karate man. He also did uh, No Retreat, No Surrender. But his best one, probably best known role to date, was in Breakin where he was a spectator in the first dance sequence, <laughs> uncredited in 1984. So that probably won him the role. Um, that was no a great, no that's a great scene. I, I, was, just, I like, would go ahead dancing. and say, yeah, No Treat, No Surrender is probably what won him the role as Predator. Probably, yeah. Yeah, he was pretty rad in that one. Uh, t- damn it, I, I had forgotten what no, treat, no Retreat, No Surrender was about. Um, do, you, do you remember that that particular flick? Oh man, I mean I've seen it, but it's been it's can been I, so long. Can I just read you the summary real quick? Please do. Uh Jason Stillwell, a Bruce Lee fan, is beaten numerous times and trains from the ghost of Bruce Lee. Jason then must use his newly acquired skills to save Seattle from a crime syndicate whose top martial artist is the deadly Ivan. What? So wait, he Yeah. He plays just he like an Ivan. American dude in Seattle. No, he played no, he played I- Ivan Krasinski. Oh, he plays Ivan. Okay. So he Which plays seems a like Russian. Odd. He was so the lead. Wait, so it's playing a villain. It's right. So it's set in Seattle, but the the top martial artist is a Russian guy. Yeah. Russian I don't know ninja. if you've ever been to Seattle, but lots like, of not not to stereotype no. a lot, but not a whole lot it's, of Russians, but a lot of no. Asian people. And it's I would spoiled. imagine it's that, rotten with Russians. That probably the top martial artist in Seattle is most definitely of Asian descent. Michael, the one we know of. <laughs> I guess we that's covered true. this week. We, we covered true. this last week. For, oh. Michael, forget everything you think you know that's about true. martial arts. Yep. Sorry. I'm trying to think of which 
like what person like what type of person would be least likely to be a ninja because that probably means they are most likely ninjas all I, well i i want to very seriously say me just like po- like paunchy white dudes very unlikely paunchy, but also very no much because not. there's a lot of there's a lot of paunchy white dudes who do a lot of sword work very poorly on videos i've seen them i studied the blade <laughs> while you were at parties i studied the blade yeah Exactly. It's my favorite meme, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Neckbeards with swords. Yeah. Michael, can I tell you how flat earthers think uh, mountains are petrified trees? I did see that. I did see that. Somebody posted that from the flat earth uh, Facebook page, I think. I I don't know about it. I don't want to talk about it. I just wanted to say it because good Lord, man. There was something else weird that, that somebody posted from flat earth. Oh my god! I, I I did follow four flat Earth groups on Facebook, including a flat Earth uh, creationist account, which oh. I'm I'm pretty sure is a troll account because like those po- like the posts there are too dumb to be like they're very they, they seem tongue in cheek. If not, damn! <laughs> but doesn't the doesn't the Bible say that the Earth is like an Earth? No, uh, yeah, it, it definitely doesn't. says. Uh no he I mean it one it does say that like God hung the earth like the uh the earth on nothing uh and there is a couple things about it being like a sphere but yeah so speaking of the speaking of the Bible have you seen the dude who uh, I think the guy who created the creationist um museum mm-hmm. or, or possibly the guy who did the uh the theme park that we've talked about he has a new book out. I, I did not. I, I I have not kept up with his uh, literature. Uh, yeah. So there's a <laughs> the cover of it shows Noah in a basically a gladiator ring about to fight a a dinosaur. Fuck yeah, a raptor. That's, of some that's sort. my kind of Noah. I yeah. like that Noah. That's <laughs> a, a guy pa- I can get behind. The thing is, is that apparently they show this on the cover, but they don't they don't actually show the fight at any point in the book. Did he do that? I mean, like. Well, I mean, that is kind of similar to, like, how comic books always have, like, the covers never have anything to do with what's going on in the episode or in, the like, the issue. So, I mean, maybe they just took a, a page out of those comic books. It's called uh, Answers in Genesis. Oh, sorry. No, yeah. the, his website's called Answers in Genesis. The book is called Noah, Man of Resolve. I mean, it would take a pretty strong resolve to, sta- <laughs> like, stare down a Tyrannosaurus Rex, which... Noah is doing in this as a like crowd of screaming people look on, cheering, presumably for the T Rex. It also looks like the T Rex is wearing a pretty sick hat, right? Which is yeah, cool. That's what I don't understand. Like, why is he wearing a hat? It has like a um, little, little tassel on it of some sort. So the the lead paragraph from this is that creationist Ken Ham has long drawn ridicule for his insistence that Noah brought dinosaurs with him on his ark. And now he's promoting a book that shows the biblical hero squaring off against the Tyrannosaurus Rex. So there's two things that I gather from this. Um, I- I'm thinking that the Ark has been built. You know, it's it's almost done. And Noah has entered this ring to either kill a T-Rex so he doesn't have to bring it on the Ark, thus explaining <laughs> why it is no longer with us, or... He has to wrestle this T-Rex into submission to drag it back to the Ark. Maybe he's got, like, a lady T-Rex waiting there, but he needs this big, beefy boy, and he has to wrestle it to the ground and then drag it back to the boat to, you know, finish his collection. 
See, this is what I was thinking was that so when Noah actually built the ark, he was a pretty old dude, right? Yeah. So like yeah. I was thinking that maybe this was like Noah in his younger days. Like he's only about 150 here maybe. Yeah. He's like a young just he's real brash and maybe yeah. this is how he got the dinosaurs on the ark because he defeated the king of the dinosaurs, the Tyrannosaurus yeah. Rex. In yeah. battle, so now they it's follow single him. combat exactly Ch- champion against champion. So when he comes mm. to them and he says, "I need you to get on this boat," they're like, "Yes, because you defeated our king. We must now follow you." Yeah, thing is, so dinosaurs are notorious assholes, particularly mm. with the T Rex. That is a good point. I mean, you know, they're probably getting up to all sorts of hijinks that, um, you know, God probably did not really care for. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I feel like they would have stayed behind. I feel like that T-Rex would have been getting drunk with all the people laughing at Noah and then would have come running up the last second and be like, oh, let me on the boat. It's raining. I don't know what rain is. Cause you know, whatever. Um, also, yeah, I don't know. Some of the dinosaurs can swim. So like they yeah. wouldn't have needed an arc. Right. I mean, also fish. I mean, why do Michael, why do you think Nessie's still around? I saw that. I saw her in Scotland. That's a good point. I didn't. I saw a duck in Loch Ness that I was like, oh, it's that nest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they love that over there. Yeah. No, we had we had fun. Yeah. I do like. So this this one paragraph in the article I'm reading. Um, Ham in the past has claimed that dinosaurs were not only present on the Ark, but they also fought in gladiator battles against both humans and a race of biblical giants described in Genesis, which I feel like. There probably also should have been two giants on the Ark if they were there. So, I don't know. Well, they, were in, to s- they were in Game of starting Thrones. Starting to see some holes. So. Starting to see some holes in this particular theory <laughs> of Mr. Ken Mr. Mr. Ken Ham. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So, are you familiar? Well, so we've talked about Uber um, on this show a couple times. Uh, uh, so, Uber's CEO, Travis Kalanick, recently... Uh, stepped down as CTU, even though he is uh, still, I believe, the majority shareholder and pretty much runs the company. Um, you said you said so, CTU. Did I say CTU? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! Okay. Wow. Crossover. You said he stepped, crossover you said he stepped down as CTU. <laughs> wow. I'm so tired. Oh god. Okay. God. Uh, so Travis Kalanick, uh, who has stepped down as Uber CEO, um, even though he still controls, I think, most of the shares of the company and basically still runs the show. Um, so he got a lot of his funding from venture capitalists, from people like uh, Chris Saka, who, you know, I don't know if you ever watched uh, Shark uh, Shark Tank, but he's like the guy who wears like a cowboy shirt and I don't know, he seems like a g- good guy. Okay. But I came ac- across a quote today about how Kalanick got his funding from Chris Saka. And so apparently Saka's got a pretty interesting way of determining if people are worth investing in. Cause like, unlike a lot of Silicon Valley people, you know, who will fund things like, uh, yo or whatever the, the app that just <laughs> says, yo, he wants to see what money-hungry nerds will do in the wilds of California outside of the boardroom. And he wants to see if they have, like, the most basic house guest skills. So he brings them out into, like, 
the wilderness, but he has like a nice like cabin out there. And he hunts them the most dangerous. Well, not the most Man. dangerous game because they're like they're like nerdy dudes, but they're kind if of only. dangerous. So, so he has a home out near Lake Tahoe and he wants to see, see how they act over a series of home cooked meals, hikes, ski trips and hot tubbing. So this is a quote from from Saka who. <laughs> so Travis Kalanick, chief executive of uh, Uber, the San Francisco based car booking service, had better manners and impressed Saka in other ways. Quote. Travis can spend eight to ten hours in a hot tub, Saka said. I've never seen a human with that kind of staying power in a hot tub. Which That's not to, a good thing. No, again, now I'm convinced, just beyond being a shitty human being, Travis Kalanick is not a human being. No. He is 100% a reptoid. Yes. He's from the fourth dimension, and he <laughs> loves that good hot water because he's cold-blooded <laughs> and needs it for energy. How could anyone, like, I can barely spend, like, eight to ten minutes in a hot tub sometimes. If I'm massively drunk and not paying attention to the very clear warning signs that my body is throwing at me, I can maybe make it 20 minutes. (laughs) And then I need to jump in the pool and really distress my heart very badly. You'd be so dehydrated after eight to ten hours in a hot tub that you'd be just a shell of a person if you were actually a person. Yeah. But if you are, in fact, a reptilian being from the fourth dimension, like mm-hmm. Mr. Travis Kalanick, maybe you you have some significant staying power in the hot tub. So, and I love hot tubs, Michael. You know me. Oh, yeah. No, I love I, a good hot I tub. I love them, but not eight to ten hours worth. And also, so he notes that, Chris Saka notes that Kalanick had, like, good manners. Is it good manners to stay in a fucking hot tub at your your host home for eight to ten hours that would be a little awkward i think yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go make a sandwich are you gonna you're gonna stay here in the hot okay i'll be back do you need a drink you know or a water maybe no you're good okay no, I'm just, lizard i'm just drinking this water straight out of this fucking tub are you actually a velociraptor brought here from the distant past and evolved to a, a way higher level clearly so i can't get over the like bringing silicon valley like people who want money to to like be house guests and see what their manners are and like take them hunting and hiking and well or- so from what i know about chris Sack, he he definitely prefers to invest like i think he has just a lot of money from like not like i don't think he really wants his money so he wants to invest in people that he enjoys um so i think he he doesn't really invest in the business he invests in the person mm. um which apparently his targeting computer is a little bit off uh, with Mr. Travis Kalanick. So I need but- to get in contact with this man because, like, I don't have a business or an idea, but, like... I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty cool to hang out with in that setting. So, like, Listen, just give me I- some money. Put me in a hot tub. Fuck, I'll I'll endure it. Hell I'll, yeah. I'll, yeah. I will sit in there I'll for the normal amount of time. I will I will eat food and, like, use the right forks and shit. Yeah. Hell, I'll even help cook because I'm a, I'm oh, a helpful yeah. person. Yeah. Man, we just need a business slash idea for our business. And then we got this on lockdown, Kush. Michael, we're doing it right now. Oh, are, shit. Aren't we good Crocus at it? Saka. <laughs> Mr. Saka, if you're listening, please invite us out to your Silicon Valley dream home guest house thing. And we will totally blow you away with our manners 
Yeah. No, oh, my mama raised me so well. Holy yeah. shit. I probably won't even say the F word that much. That's yeah. Okay, good. Thank you for qualifying because <laughs> I'll fucking say it. <laughs> the only one yeah. I'm in that fucking hot tub. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't I'm interested. I mean, I want an invite to Chris Saka's uh, California getaway because mm-hmm. one really think I could. Wow, I think we could wow him for sure. For sure. And even if we don't, I get to hang out at a millionaire's like mountaintop retreat for like a night at least. Well, that's well, pretty but if, cool. if his standard is Travis Kalanick, I mean, like, we're going to, like, blow his mind. Yeah. Like, Oh, you said please and thank you? Okay. Yeah. That's his standard for, like, who he's going to give money to and, like, other, other other these Silicon Valley douche nozzles. Like, come on. Yeah. We got this on lockdown. Oh, man. If only we had driving ambition. Oh, <laughs> now the things we could do. Yeah, I'll get I'll get on it right when I get back from Greece. Don't worry about it. Yeah, any day now. Any day. So, Kush. Yes. Are you aware of the uh the title of Somalier? Yes. Uh one of my favorite documentaries is called Som. All about uh people going for their Somalier. Really? Yeah. It's very good. Yeah, I think our I think our good friend Dave is a is like an actual official Somalier as I well. I believe he is. Yeah. Um so for those people who aren't cultured in our listening audience, uh, sommelier is someone who, uh, <laughs> you uncultured <laughs> bucktooth hillbillies. <laughs> and just to be clear, the only reason I know is because I watched one documentary on Netflix. And to be clear, I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to get all of this right because I haven't looked it up. But sommelier has something to do with wine and they know Nailed a lot it. about wines and they can like taste them and pick out the notes and they can also um they can recognize certain wines by flavor alone so they can be like yeah that's that wine um <laughs> something something along those lines a master sommelier should be able to one recommend any beer wine spirits uh even cigars i think that that will pair with your food really uh yeah and you're uh, not just a wine a- sommelier no, You're like it's a everything. whole whole alcohol yep. sommelier. It's, it's spirits and a uh, a master sommelier. I I don't know about like a lower level sommelier, but a master should be able to take a sip of wine, not just tell you what type it is, but also tell you uh, where it's from, like what country, what region, uh, even what grape varietals are are used in it. It's pretty see, crazy. See, Wikipedia says a sommelier is a wine steward. I said but I did say master. I did say that's master. That's true. You did say like master. Yeah. So I came across a couple articles about gentlemen who have called themselves sommeliers of uh, other types of beverages, uh, like a four loco sommelier, like a like a water sommelier. Nope. <laughs> nope. No, thank you. He, this is America's Cleveland first tap water. Martin Reese is America's first and uh, only. Or a water sommelier. And now I just read about this dude named Boss de Groot, who Mm. um, is from the Netherlands, and he is a milk sommelier. Hmm. So, huh. He's always been a big fan of milk, drinking three to four liters of it every day. That's a Um, gallon of milk a day. So he takes the gallon challenge every day <laughs> yes and i know the gallon challenge is one gallon of milk in an hour and you will vomit please don't do it um but he <laughs> please does try and videotape day. it and send it to us 
Oh yeah, definitely post it on YouTube. Um, for sure, you will throw up. I want to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, that's too much milk. Does it, is it only like is it cow's milk? Is it goats? Like, does it is he discerning? Cow- he travels the globe tasting raw milk. Raw milk? Yes. And so he just he just walks up to any mammal, pregnant mammal, and just starts <laughs> sucking on nippies. Exactly. He he says he's not able to to yet recognize certain milks by flavor alone, but he can detect certain nodes based on the cow's diet and the soil they feed off of. Okay, so he's well, he's got part of it, I guess. I mean, so it's I feel it like, sounds like it's just cow milk for now. Okay, because I I will say like being able to be like yeah that's goat milk that's cow milk that's like cat milk <laughs> seems very important for a milk sommelier. Um, that's just one one man's humble opinion. Um, man, the water one I can I can one I can kind of see it and two I hate it because like one water definitely tastes different like differently depending on, like. Dasani and Aquafina in like tap water have very clear, like Zephyr Hills, which is very clear water, have different taste profiles because- Well, you just named, you just named four different types of tap water, so- Well, I named, the three of those are bottled though, but what I'm saying (laughs) is it all comes down to how you treat it, which is not like- Yes. I get, like, I guess wine is similar, it's like comes down to how you you remember? Do you remember how good the water used to taste- at the elementary school water fountain, which I'm pretty sure was just lead of some sort, but like, yeah, it tasted so minerally and good. Yeah, yeah. She needed well, to bottle that shit. Oh man, actually, the best. This is a, a little bit of a humble brag, but if you ever go to Germany and you visit Neuschwanstein Castle, which is what they based the Cinderella Castle off from Disney, well, go up. There's a mountain path to the right of the castle. Go up it, and there's a spring at the top of it. It's the best tasting water you'll ever have in your life. I'm just saying. I did oh. say this was a humble brag, but drink saying, from that. Any, drink from that spring. It's the anytime best thing you, you happen to be wandering through Germany and you're just really thirsty. Hey, we have at least one uh, Netherlands listener. Hello, Lindsay. So <laughs> if you happen to close. take a day trip, if you happen to take a day trip <laughs> to, to New to Schwanstein Sch- Castle to Bastion Schweinsteiger Castle, <laughs> Schweinsteiger. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Again, very stupid though. But like, okay, so it got me thinking though, like, like you said, other types of sommeliers, like what can I, what can we do? I feel like we can horn in on something here. Yeah, no, so I, I guess I will just off the bat for water. Like when I drink water, I'm not doing it for like, mm, that good, like calcium flavor. That's what <laughs> I want. I want that, those good electrolyte balance. It's just like literally I need to slam this because I've been drinking for like eight hours. And if I don't drink this glass of water, I will die. Um, So I don't really need a sommelier to like pair that with my meal because like my steak doesn't need water. And I already had and I already have a sommelier to recommend a wine. Yeah, I can't see. That's the problem is like part of what a sommelier does is like tells you how to pair wine or or whatever beverage with food and like i feel like no matter what the water tastes like if i pair it with any food it's just going to taste like water like you can't the flavors are going to be so like bland compared to your food right and the thing the reason you need a sommelier for like wine or spirits or beer is because there are a lot of different types of those things Mm -hmm. so like maybe I want like a sommelier for like Baskin Robbins. I walk in, there's 23 of those bad boys. 
Like, how am I feeling today? What's your flavor? Pro- okay, you need a butter pecan today. There's 31 flavors. I don't know. Um, yeah, did I say 23? I don't know. <laughs> I I think I read our episode lineup where, which, uh, from the last episode. It just said uh, the goat, like greatest of all time. I was uh, like, Michael, 23. <laughs> um, there's that. I was saying or the place like, is called 31 flavors, is it not? Yeah, I blew it. Um, or like Legos. It's like you say Legos you today. Yeah, there's so many Lego options. What do you so, like a Lego sommelier? So you want a like, Lego you sommelier? To, yeah, tell me what to build. I don't know. I'm, I'm my biggest thing with Legos is that I'm paralyzed by indecision. Like, am I going to build a, a spaceship or a tower? And this is all with my nephew, so it doesn't really matter because he doesn't let me build anything anyway. But if I had someone walk up to me like, "Oh, hello, sir, you want to play Legos today?" Might I recommend a fine like NASA spaceport or mm. uh, a That's science a good lab? Point actually, that'd be helpful. Yeah, because like, listen, don't shit on me for thinking outside the box. <laughs> I just when I played Legos with my niece, we just built a, a really tall tower and the, oh, yeah. we were just having a competition to see who could build the tallest tower. And like, I totally won because you're so. taller than a five year old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah, when I play when I play Legos with my nephew, uh, it's it's like, hey, do you want to play Legos? And I say, sure. What are we building? He's like. We're going to build a plane. And then I start building a plane and he screams, no, not like that. And then I stop and I walk away. So he's almost, he's almost like the Lego sommelier, but but then he completely ruins it. Yeah. He ruins it to the point that I wish he had a ghost in it. <laughs> so you could punch him right in the face. You know what I need? I need a, I need like a sushi sommelier. Okay. Because whenever I go to a sushi restaurant, if if they don't have like a sh- like a chef's choice or chef's special or whatever, like I'm, I, I just, I usually just point to everyone else at the table and be like, you just pick stuff and I'm gonna eat it. Yeah, I typically go like, oh, what has spicy tuna or like yellowtail in? It? Yeah, but okay, see, that's so I'll boring. That. Like, I want to try different stuff, but like, I don't know. I don't know what any of it is. I need someone to be like, "Oh, this has h- hints of, you know, lemon and pairs well with wasabi," or like, "This is something <laughs> that you should dip in soy sauce, and this is something that you shouldn't because it has good flavor." Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I get it. I, I'm pretty boring when it comes to sushi. And I haven't had it in a very long time, so I, I think I te- I tend to like. Yeah, just give me something with eel sauce on it and, like, avocados and, like, good tuna. Ooh, um, or a Netflix sommelier. Ooh, now that. Because I, I typically, I'll put Netflix or Hulu on and I just, I'll open it and then not watch anything. Yes. Because I'm just like, I don't know. I don't I know. I watched trailers for, like, an hour and a half one day because I couldn't pick a fucking movie. Yeah, and, and then you need someone to just walk in and be like, uh, sir, um, how about Return of Xander Cage? Yes. <laughs> now you got me. Yeah, um, so it has notes the... notes of motorcycle uh, fights and uh, like a like a hint of overt masculinity from a v- Mr. Vin Diesel. Yes, might might I recommend the last thirty minutes of Transformers Two? Uh, <laughs> there are truck balls. Hmm. Uh, you get a nice waft of uh, Optimus Prime hmm. and uh, and uh, Shia LaBeouf before hmm. he went crazy. If you can uh, just overlook the just the hint of racism uh i think you'll find it deliciously uh, paired a, with a bottle of bourbon just a, a dash of racism that really just makes a, the <laughs> bourbon pop uh because you 
as you uncomfortably swig your bourbon at uh, just the right moments, it really, mm, really makes that mm. racism just yes, very uncomfortably pop. But wow, what a what a feeling! Mm, Michael Bay is a a master. Uh, is a master vineyard for, for bullshit racism. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I could use a sommelier for like a lot of things in my life, like just, just like life like, in general. I'm, well, I'm very indecisive, so I mean, like technically speaking, I could like. Uh, Mr. Christian, might I recommend you do work instead of searching <laughs> the same three Twitter profiles for uh, the yeah. fifth time? Yeah. Uh, no, mind your own fucking business, Charles. Yeah, there's like too many choices with a lot of, like, that's my problem with wine is like, I I have an idea of what I like. And so like, if I go up to someone, I'm like, hey, I like things that normally say they have cherry notes and maybe some chocolate, uh, not as much in the fruity. And then they go, yeah, pick this wine. Perfect. So like, and then I'm like, oh, wait, that's $95 a bottle? What do you got in, like, uh, 25 to 30 range? You're like, uh, well, we have Mark West, Pinot Noir. I'm like, okay, I'll take it. Sounds good. Yeah. I can get drunk on that. <laughs> yeah. You'd be surprised on what I can... No, you wouldn't be. You've met me. <laughs> I've seen you I've seen you get drunk on Mick Ultra. I'm not surprised on anything. It took a while, but I did it. So, Michael, I think uh, that's going to do it for us here on uh, Trends in Low Places. Um, I do have one very... A dumber shower thought than earlier that I want to close this out on. This comes from Jay Bunnell on Twitter. When you realize that sand is called sand because it's between the sea and the land. Shower thoughts. <laughs> like, just, I like, I like the idea that this man believes sand was named on the similar naming convention as the taint. <laughs> Taint the sea, taint the land. Better call it sand. Every everything is named as it's it's a everything's a portmanteau. Everything's a portmanteau. Yeah, just like I mean, I don't necessarily know where the word sand comes from because I didn't bother to look it up. But pretty sure it's not because it's between the sea and the land because sand exists in other places too. Well, I would say I'm pretty sure sand existed before the English language. So, right. although, I mean, oh, no. when you translate things, you just you just make up another word for it, so it's not like hmm. maybe he's right. Hmm. No, he's definitely maybe they got to a not. beach. Maybe the people got to the beach and they're like, "What is this devilish dirt?" They're like, "It's not quite yeah, but dirt." Michael, where where uh, you know from a a the typical view of uh, anthropology, where did uh, civilization originate? In uh, the uh, what do you call it? The Mesopotamia the cradles. Yeah, yeah, cradle civilization. Yeah, which uh, so Mesopotamia landed between two rivers. Uh, those two rivers are very much bracketed by a large amount of sand mm. in desert form. So maybe it should be called Rand because between the rivers and the land. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's gonna do it for us here tonight on Trends in Low Places. Uh, my name is Michael Cushing. Um, so if you want to follow along uh, in future episodes or uh, learn more about this show, you can uh, check out goodbuddymedia.com slash blog. Um, I'll have an episode up for this show. There should be one up for uh, last week's show, which uh, went in pretty stark detail on ghosts and goats and all sorts of good stuff. Um, we uh, This show comes out every week. Uh, we do another show with our friend Curtis. Uh, it's me, Michael, and Curtis, where we watch every episode of the hit tv show 24 starring mr Kiefer sutherland uh we uh break that down that show week by week uh that comes out the day before this show 
typically every week. Um, that is called the longest days of our lives. You can follow, you can find that on, uh, your favorite podcast app of choice, just like this show. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, anything you choose to find us on. And uh, Michael, how else can people help us out? Yeah, you can follow us at uh, TILPcast on Twitter or Facebook. Um, and you can follow uh, me and Mike on our Twitter accounts as well. Uh, Mike is at Latro in the Mist, and I am at Mikanakanos. Um and when you see us post on Twitter or Facebook, please hit that share or retweet button and, um, you know, send us out to the rest of your friends. And if somebody's asking, hey, I need a really dumb podcast to listen to while I run or do whatever people do outside, uh, you know, tell them about trends in low places. Be a podcast sommelier. Oh, there you go. There's a lot of podcasts out there, and people are you can looking be like, for a podcast with uh, notes of porn and hints of dick. Well, guess what I've got for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, it it just uh it really it really pops with uh really pops. with dumb stories about animals biting balls. It's got a good ear feel. It does. Mm. A great ear silky feel. T- silky tones. Just swish it out in your mouth. Swish it around in your mouth, but make sure you spit it out. You don't want to swallow that. Yeah, you do not want to consume you will this. Get, no. You will get drunk. You will get drunk off of a terrible internet stories, and it will be a terrible hangover. If if nothing else, you'll be, be possessed by a very cruel ghost. And Kush will punch you squar on the face. I'll drive to your house and hit you right in your head. Swear to God. Uh, Michael... <laughs> Thanks for joining me tonight. I love you. Love you too, buddy. Toodles.